Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome back to the IAB UK podcast. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler and this week's episode has been recorded to celebrate the start of Ramadan. And that meant I got to talk to Facebook's head of content for Northern Europe, Miriam Faber, and Basma Khalifa, who is a director, filmmaker, writer, and stylist, and also fronts Facebook's Stories of Ramadan video series. It's such an enlightening conversation. So much of what Miriam and Basma talk about, I guess, really exposed some of my own ignorance around Ramadan and my vulnerability when it comes to wanting to say or ask the right thing. Uh, And the two of them have such great chemistry, so it makes for a fascinating 20-minute listen. We cover why Ramadan should be an important moment for brands, how non-Muslims can be supportive allies to colleagues and friends who are fasting over the next month, and dig into the seemingly limitless yet largely untapped possibilities when it comes to Eid in May. But I started by asking Basma, as she does at the start of her stories of Ramadan videos, how she identifies culturally and ethnically. So I, it's a funny one when people ask me this, because I spend a lot of time asking other people this, <laughs> but I grew up in Northern Ireland and I went to uni and a bit of high school in Scotland. So definitely I'd say I identify as Irish with a bit of Scottish, but ethnically I identify as Sudanese, which is where I'm from. Nice. Miriam, what about you? So I would say culturally I am British. I was born and lived here my whole life and I would say ethnically I am British Pakistani. So my parents moved from Pakistan to the UK when they were probably in their late teens and uh, still reside here now as well. Yeah, nice. Uh, Basma, we're talking um, obviously this week uh, about Ramadan. For the uninitiated that aren't totally familiar with it and probably don't get much beyond the fasting element of it, tell us Give us the 101 on on what it is. Yeah, it's actually, it's super simple. (laughs) Ramadan is the ninth month of the Islamic calendar. The exact dates of Ramadan do change every year because Islam follows uh, the lunar moon, the lunar calendar, sorry. So it's the cycles of the moon. So that's why everyone's like, I'm sure, is it earlier this year? People are like, yeah, it changes every year, which is amazing because when it's in the winter, it's a dream. (laughs) We're breaking our fast at 3 p.m. Oh, but when it's in the peak of summer... Like, you know, those long, hot summer days. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. But we do it. We get it done. Um, But Muslims fast, yeah, from dawn to sunset. Um, And at the end, we have Eid, which is the celebration of breaking our fast. And and beyond beyond the fast, there's other elements to it as well. Uh, Tell us about those. Yeah, there's definitely other elements. Charity and giving back is a huge part of Ramadan. You always should try and give back to... um, countries that are suffering if you can physically give back pre-lockdown we were able to physically Mm. go and do stuff I was definitely volunteering a lot more um and then it's also about just leaning into your faith a bit more learning more about the Quran learning more about the scriptures trying to just be a bit purer and cleaner and letting go of any grudges or anger and just living it's sort of like a refresh Mm. so take this month to sort of like revamp your life a little bit and be like okay I'm gonna start again you talked a little bit about uh, lockdown and, and, and it being sort of different to maybe how you've done it before. What are some of those those differences? I guess I guess the magic of it is that you can, well, typically you would have been able to sort of come together in people's homes for, for prayers, for, for meals. Yeah. Slightly harder now. Yeah, it's definitely a lot different. I'd say 
last year was this year actually i mean it's been two days but this year feels a little <laughs> bit less scary because i guess we know what's going on and we know how to do it last year was a lot harder i spent i spent a lot of my ramadan with my family in manchester and newcastle or wherever my family in scotland so it was very much like every weekend we would all come together we all stay up till early hours of the night mm. and we pray together we fast together and break our fast together and it was always just a lot more community led i think um there's a lot more strength in doing Ramadan by yourself. And yeah. I've definitely learnt my inner strength a lot more by sort of um, sadly doing it alone. But also even last night I was sort of messaging a friend and being like, hey, what are you listening to? Or what are you doing? Yeah, I that's... need I need more. I need to feel like I'm part of something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's very different, sadly. Uh, Miriam, you, uh, you represent Facebook as part of our uh, diversity, equity and inclusion group uh, at the IAB. Tell us, tell us why uh, Ramadan is so important for brands and why so many of them at the moment see it that way. Yeah, uh, it's an interesting question. I think, first of all, I'm not sure a lot of brands do see it as super important at the moment, which I think is one of the biggest opportunities for brands. You know, there are almost 2 billion Muslims globally, um, according to uh, official data, um, but I would say, you know, in fact, you know, when you've got such a huge global community of people um, to reach, I think it's kind of a huge missed opportunity. So I think for brands, they need to engage this community because you are missing out on sort of like, you know, almost a, a quarter of the global population if you don't. But I think understanding the community and, and engaging with them year long is, is kind of, you know, key to this. It's not kind of a, a tokenistic, hey, it's Ramadan again, let's talk to the Muslim community. It's like, we're here they're there all the time all mm. year round and I think it's really important to have that ongoing conversation and relationship um, which sadly I don't think does exist in the the non-eastern markets especially mm. um, I think there's a lot of education to be done I think brands play a huge role in that and I think there's a huge responsibility in that as well do you, do, do you still see there's there's this sort of badging you, you mentioned there around the year I think this badging around Ramadan mm. this badging around Eid where you know, yeah. brands will kind of hop on and do it because it feels sort of culturally relevant, inverted commas. Um, I think less so. I think, you know, only this morning, it kind of really made me smile. I saw a post from Magnum, um, who I know, you know, Alini at, at Unilever and her team sort of do a lot in the space to ensure yeah, yeah. it's not totally you know, so there's a lovely post on Instagram, um, which had, you know, just a corner of a magnum bitten out and it looked like the crescent moon. So I thought, you know what, actually, there's just empathy in that yeah. post. There wasn't a tokenistic thing. It wasn't trying to say, hey, he's on you as flavor. It yeah, was just yeah. of the moment. Yeah. It was sensitive. Um, so I think there's less of it, but I definitely think there are brands, you know, like many moments that kind of appear and like, oh gosh, you know, we forgot. It's Ramadan, you know, we need to do something. Yeah. Let's quit posting out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think less so, which is great, but I think there's, especially in these Western markets, there's a lot of education to do. And I mm. think that's kind of a lot of the work that Basra and I have started to do in the last couple of years is really trying to play that role in helping to educate advertisers. Because I think there is ultimately, you know, a lot of fear of getting it wrong because people don't want to be tokenistic. Yeah, yeah. But then rather than try something, you go, I'm just not going to do anything at all, which is probably also not great. Mm. T tell us about um, how you guys met then and, and, and maybe go on to talk about <laughs> maybe go on to talk about uh, stories around Dan and the stuff that you've created. So I, I should couch it by saying that Miriam, you look after uh, content for Northern Europe for, for Facebook. But, I do. but tell us how you guys met. 
well actually you know what we, we met through a, a colleague of ours um in in the partnerships team which is a different part of facebook um and Bas, you, you can kind of talk about you know your your partnership through that team but i think ultimately it was you know through a mutual connection that we met which was amazing and actually wasn't i don't even think our first project was ramadan i can't even remember now we've done sort of three or four pieces of work outside of ramadan because thankfully we don't just talk about one thing through the year we've yeah. done lots of pieces of work together but it was actually through a mutual connection within facebook that we started to to work together but then kind of built out from that and we've done yeah, lots of work together, which is nice. Lots of work. Yeah, I do, um, to add to Miriam, I think that um, a big part, obviously I came through the partnerships team um, and Miriam's lovely colleagues there. But what I really appreciated is that they didn't look at me as just, you know, a creator or influencer. Mm. It was kind of like, okay, well, you've got skills and assets and what can we, what can you do? And one, I'd have to say one skill of Miriam, which we felt, as a team last year when we started embarked on the aid project was that she could have easily been like i'll tell you what content to make <laughs> this is what i need you to make which i think a lot of people do yeah, in yeah. different businesses yeah. but she put her hands up and she's like hey this is your world you know what to do you know how to speak to your audience do what you got to do let me know what you need from me and what support you need and i'm just going to tell you as a brand what notes we need you to hit yeah, nice. but ultimately creative freedom is yours and i think that's super rare yeah. for a brand to give almost someone that they've never worked with before yeah. and be like i trust you so i think there was a lovely element of trust which means we went on to make other things that weren't just ramadan it was other things to do with that i could do as a director which was mm. really lovely that i was sort of we built a nice friendship and relationship as colleagues to be able to be like hey i need this what can you do let's talk this out yeah nice well, well tell us specifically about stories of ramadan and, and and what it is i mean you you front it don't you mm. Yeah. Miriam, why don't you? She was her, <laughs> this one's her. This is her brainchild, this one. I was like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> well, well, I can frame it. I mean, you know, Stories of Ramadan started last year, actually. Um, and it was the first piece that we did, um, you know, featuring lots of creators. And it was really important um, for me and for, for our brand, our family of apps, to kind of celebrate our communities. You know, communities are at the heart mm. of Facebook and Instagram and, and Portal and all the other kind of apps that we, that we work with and own. But it was really trying to give the microphone, as Basma said, you know, to those communities and to tell those stories of Ramadan directly from the people who are celebrating it. And I think what was super important as well is that to show that the Muslim community is by no means monolithic. So it was like we've actually yeah, got Sudanese yeah. creators, we've got Pakistanis, we've got Indians, we've got people from Sierra Leone and all sorts of stuff. And I think that kind of really hit a note and resonated with people. Um, and that was kind of one big piece of content we did last year. And we kind of fast forward to this year where we're still in COVID, we're still in lockdown. Yes. We're like, wow, there's still so much more about Ramadan that people don't know and understand. And we should explore that more. So we developed essentially sort of, you know, three pieces of beautiful, quite fairly short form piece mm. of content on, on Facebook. Watch and you can watch them in various different places. But the three episodes kind of really feature um, one, which is all about small businesses. And we had this lovely conversation that Basma hosts between a Muslim-owned business and a non-Muslim-owned business. Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of, you know, provoking ideas and sharing sort of, you know, thoughts around how can non-Muslims support the celebration and the holy month and get involved and you know, show sol solidarity to people who are celebrating. Um, the second one is a conversation with a creator who featured in last year's campaigns, a guy called Mimshake, who's a mm -hmm. BBC broadcaster, actor, yeah, yeah. all-round hilarious person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, he kind of really talks about family um, and connectivity and how hard it's been in the pandemic not to have those connections, Mm. which is ultimately, you know, like such a big part of the celebration. And the third one is just probably, I don't know if you're allowed to have favourites, but maybe it's my favourite. It's the conversation (laughs) with with Basma and two other creators, just because they're so different. You know, we've got Kathy Ali, who is an absolutely brilliant comedian, um, and Habiba, who's, you know, she's a model, she's an activist, she's got her own fashion line around modest wear. Um, so, yeah, three really different conversations that I think kind of, you know, hopefully speak to a lot of those, but what does it mean? What is it about? In kind of, you know, really interesting, normal language kind of way for people to understand and get under the skin of. So, yeah, Basma, you are the glue that held it all together. Yes. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Basma, in, um, sort of talked a bit there about how non-Muslims can support people, um, you know, particularly around fasting and, th- and things like that. Um, how, just sort of thinking about in the workplace, as as colleagues, how do, what advice would you have for people like me who could support some of my Muslim colleagues who are who are uh, celebrating Ramadan at the moment? And how do you do, it feels like it would be easier if I sort of sat next to that person in the office, but of course they're scattered all around the country and the, and, and the world maybe. Mm-hmm. So how do you sort of support them virtually in a sense? It's quite funny, I guess, pre-lockdown, um, it's, it's such a different world. Now I'd say my most, my biggest thing that I always say to people is please don't ask me to do a meeting before 11 a.m. Like, I'm not, I don't want to do it. Like, please don't ask me to talk between 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Because most of us, what we try and do is we switch our days around. Got it. So we're up until 3, 4 a.m. Mm. And then we do the last prayer. We have, um, we ha- we have a bit to eat and then you know, we go to bed. So the aim is always try to sleep in just to make the day a little bit shorter. So I definitely say the best thing you can do is not to request that meeting in the morning, unless you have to. Sometimes you have to. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other things, I think for me personally, people being um, sorry, I used to find really tricky. So a lot of people are like, oh my God, sorry, I'm drinking in front of you. (laughs) Like, like Ramadan is a choice, first of all. It's, it's not. It's not a forced act. Yeah. Like religion isn't forced in general. So if you don't like, I if I want to have water, I'm gonna have water. I don't have to do this. So when people feel really sorry and sort of are just like, oh, I can't eat in front of you. I'm always like, well, no, you. I'm not a baby. Like I'm also not a puppy. Like I don't, <laughs> if you're eating, it's not gonna make me want to eat. Like I'm not gonna stand there and be like, give me the food. And. Um, so it's almost kind of making it as normal as possible. Mm. Obviously, there's allowances of being like, oh, they've had a really long day or, you know, during working days, what things were really nice was that, you know, being allowed to leave a little bit earlier yeah, during yeah. the day because you just get a little bit tired a little bit quicker or big board meetings to sort of shorten them or be allowed to not just speak as much because speaking is, you know, preserving your saliva is a big mm. part of this. So speaking a lot is tricky. But in general, I always find that it was like, you know, be aware and allow room for it. Yeah. So I used to love when my colleagues used to be like, hey, we can't do a lunch meeting, but shall we do a dinner meeting? I know it's out of my hours, but it works for your hours. Yeah, you can break nice. your fast and yeah, we can, nice. you know, we can meet in the evening. So it's those little allowances which go a long way. It's, it's really not big things. It's just being aware of as a person when you're not fasting, when you get tired, know that that person is even more tired. So just allow space for it to, you know, just take a little bit longer sometimes I'd say and has it been different for you I mean you're um a director filmmaker writer Mm. I I I don't I don't envisage you being in the confines of an office nine to five Mm. anyway so that's Mm. sort of not a world that you 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 would have been in but Mm. um 
is that um is that sort of lack of connection that that idea that i mean you you talked about it um uh you know really sort of a self thing being at home doing mm-hmm. it on your own do you get the sense that that is the same for people who might have had uh you know a different sort of network around them perhaps if they were were going in collectively with different people into an office yeah a hundred percent i think that it's it it's very lonely especially mm. in lockdown it is i would be silly if i said that this is is an amazing time and yeah. every hour of every yeah. day i feel great i like i don't think anyone does but i think that's the whole point in ramadan you're meant to push yourself push your body push your mind mm. to sort of you know humans are incredible they do can do amazing things if we just allow our bodies and our minds to push past things and yeah. i think it's so funny to me because you know the resurgence of health, I guess, and intermittent fasting and, mm. you know, eat, drinking water for 24 hours or 48 hours. And I'm just like, you guys are fasting, <laughs> but you won't call it Ramadan, obviously. Like, it's the same thing. <laughs> intermittent fasting is Ramadan. It's, it's the same thought. So I definitely think that it's harder as a as someone who's always on my feet. Mm. I'd say um, I'm creatively thinking. Yeah. Lockdown already is tricky when you're creative because mm. you want to be able to bounce off people and chat to people and figure stuff out. So obviously when you're fasting, it is a little bit harder. But honestly, it's better to be busy. Yeah, yeah. It's so much better to be out and to be amongst people and to walk around and to see air and see light. And I always open all my windows up because I'm just like, I need a push of energy. Because when you don't have food or sugar to push you, yeah, you kind of need air and people. Yeah. So it's better to be busy than be sitting around for yeah. sure. Mm. And what do you think about technology in all of this, Miriam? I mean, we've all, for the last year, we're all ninjas when it comes to video calls and all the various things that, that sort of don't quite make up for the in-person things. But uh, has technology got a, a role here, maybe more broadly with brands and agencies in terms of how they, yeah. they think about Ramadan as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. You know, this year, because people are physically apart, I'd say more than ever, you know, we are relying on technology to connect us, you mm. know, going back to the point about communities, whether that be having a WhatsApp group, you know, with your friends and using that to kind of stay connected, whether that be through expressing yourself through stickers or whatever it might be, you know, like on Instagram. But I think ultimately, you know, technology has been for most people like the glue that has kept yeah. everyone going. You know, if you think about it, I mean, most of us probably couldn't have even done our jobs without having technology, you know. I mean, I'm lucky that, you know, I've got a great computer set up and stuff like that. But ultimately, I would feel completely disconnected from my yeah. team, let alone my family, you know, who I haven't seen for months. So I think technology, especially thinking about Ramadan, um, is absolutely key. And I think there is a lot that brands can still do to use technology in a better way. Um, and I think a lot of that still comes down to connectivity. And I think finding your audiences that you want to be engaging with is absolutely key to that. And not just kind of, you know, hoping they're going to come to you. I think there's yeah. a lot to do being proactive and finding your audiences. And I think a lot of those, again, you know, kind of thinking back to the conversations Basra and I have been having with creators is, if you don't know how to find your audience, find people that do. Don't mm. just like kind of, you know, guesswork. You know, there are hundreds and thousands and millions of amazing creators and communities that you can go out and engage with and just do your homework, you know. But yes, yeah, so the technology piece is crucial because that's where communities are thriving yeah. every day and that's where conversations are happening. So many people have said it, but you can't imagine going through this pandemic 10 years ago 
without you know we just take for granted i guess that everyone's got a semi-decent wi-fi connection and you know you've got three four five g wherever you go and you know we can do this sort of thing but imagine trying to do it via fax machine or whatever else we'd have done posting things to (laughs) it would have been bizarre wouldn't it (laughs) I remember thinking fax machines were like mega cool. But Basma, it feels a, a bit of a way off yet. As you say, you're only two days in. But um, once Ramadan finishes, what uh, we get to Eid, the big celebration. What role do you mm. think brands can can play there? There, honestly, it's actually limitless to what brands could do if brands were smart enough to be like hey, there's an entire audience we haven't delivered to. I mean, the videos that we made say a lot and we all talk about them and say, oh, we'd like this. Like, Habiba was like, you know, it'd be really cool if there was an advent calendar for Ramadan and then every day you opened up and you mm, get nice. to enjoy an advent calendar every evening. And I was like, that's so smart. And there's Huda Beauty, one of the beauty brands, is she's sort of launched it this year. No other brands anywhere do that. Mm. It'd be really cool yeah. if there was content that was engineered to be like, hey, we're dropping this at like... 2am, 3am, stay up for this. Or like, this is a live concert you can watch. Or even if they streamed, it'd be really nice if they streamed stuff online that you could watch other people talk, like when they're staying up late at night, like late night sahurs, late night iftars, like all these different things. Because there's, it's it's really quite limitless. It just means that you just need to ask the people and ask them what they want. Like I sat up last night with a friend and she was she was like i've just sent you another thing in your dms like check this if you want to watch this i've just sent you another podcast recommendation check this because i was like i want i want content i'm hungry for content and modern day millennials gen z whatever they're on their phones 24 Mm. 7 so it means that like as a brand if you're like hey we're doing this ramadan thing where we're going to have these people talk about their thoughts and their feelings and it's going to drop at 1 a.m every night of ramadan you're feeding the audience yeah because yeah, yeah. we're up anyway yeah so i, I like think um, in the audience yeah yeah, yeah well, there you go <laughs> <laughs> well that's the point like i'm just like i'm the audience like i'm yeah. i kind of i'm so surprised how hungry i am for content i thought that i you know the whole point is to slow down and not be consumed by things but i'm hungry for faith-filled content mm. so stuff that does yeah, yeah. you know lead islamically or does teach me little things or things i can learn and i'm still honestly last night i was like searching for stuff and i messaged a few friends and i'm like yeah. what are you guys what are you guys consuming right now because i don't want to consume netflix i want to consume something else that yeah, yeah. is purposeful to this month there was a crazy stat that came out of of this is like some global research which is around gram there was a, a, a mega stat that came out they were like over 62 percent of people surveyed said that they were not being served well by brands now, this is by muslims being surveyed so that's over half of the muslim population surveyed saying that they are not being served by brands i mean if that doesn't tell you there's an opportunity i don't yeah. know what is yeah and i think you're right Baz, but it's the timing it's the themes of the content but also again it's just like just being present at the right time of like you know the one o'clock fast so like understanding that actually you can find an engaged an untapped audience and be really clever and probably one of the first people to do it but kind of crazy it's not happening well it's not happening in this in in the western world it's absolutely happening in the eastern world you know it goes to Uh you know like saudi and dubai and places like that and it's kind of you know way bigger than christmas and i think that's the other thing that advertisers and brands should be realizing it's Mm. like you know christmas is one day a year 
Ramadan's 30 days. Yeah, yeah. That probably makes the longest celebrations to engage a captive audience. It's a marketer's I mean, dream. Yeah. <laughs> you could have Christmas for 30 days. I mean, right, right. It's strange, yeah. isn't it? How it, how, how everything around Christmas. I mean, it, even you look at column inches in, in industry press, there's so much around, mm-hmm. oh, the, the John Lewis had the M&S, you know, the supermarkets mm-hmm. have come out in September whenever they come out. Mm-hmm. Yet, it's for one yes that's a, that's such a such a sort of brilliant point and I, and i guess on that point as well miriam is it's not just about the timing i guess it's about the representation as well you want to you know muslims want to see themselves in in Absolutely. creative in executions and um yeah. whilst there's there is some some talk and there's i think there's some some progress there around people like wfa and uh, and the aa are, are doing to and people like Alini at Unilever actually, who are saying, "Look, we're we're not going to stereotype audiences. We're going to represent people properly." But I think you're right. Yeah, it can go a lot, lot further, can't it? What an opportunity! Someone listening to this can, is going to do something big. Basma's got the uh, got got the verbal copyright on it though. So, <laughs> uh... if anyone wants help, let me know. <laughs> it's so funny. There is just there is so many of us, and we're buzzing with ideas. Yeah. I went. I even this week I went to a few brands and was like, "Hey, I've got this idea of something we could do here. Or I've got this idea of something we can do there." And they're all a bit like, "Oh, like oh, oh, oh," and I'm just like, "No, no. I promise you, people are going to want to do this." Yeah. But yeah. I don't know how we're in 2021 and brands are still a bit like, oh, we don't really know how to do this, so we're just not going to do it. What do you think? Yeah. Do, do you think there's a bit of, do you think there's a bit of risk aversion going on with COVID and everyone a bit worried about stuff, or, or, or do, do you think it's it's deeper than that? It's. I don't think it's a COVID thing. Hmm. I think it's a fear of I not knowing. It's a yeah, it's a it's a fear of not knowing what to do. You don't want to get cancelled. You don't want to get in yeah, trouble. Yeah. You don't want to say something wrong or do something wrong. So it's safer to not do anything. Yeah. yeah. But you'll not do it wrong if you get the people involved from the community. They can tell you how to do it right. And yeah. even I, I always say this, whether it's the black community, the female community, or mm. the Muslim community, and all these communities I'm part of, if you have a board of people, if you say, hey, here's five people from five different worlds who all speak to the same thing, how do you guys do it? And what way mm. do you do it? Then you're, it's a fail, it's a fail-safe option. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah, and I absolutely agree. I think the importance of having, you know, the right people behind the camera yes. as well as in front mm. of it is absolutely critical. You know, just having like diversity in front of the camera is not going to necessarily land you the results you yeah. want. I think making sure you've got the right people directing creating editing all those things you know like we went as far as having i think for example last year like you know an arabic calligrapher come and actually mm-hmm. do the the work for us to make sure that it was written in the right way that you know like all those kinds of things so yeah. i think it's absolutely crucial to make sure that you do all those things but you know just don't, i think it's ultimately just don't be afraid to actually do something yeah. you know and, and yeah. involving the right people i, I, I mm. don't think you can go far wrong if you make sure you've got you know good involvement from the community that you are actually serving i think he's spot on i always go back to this the apple example who tend to do everything brilliantly but when they launched health that they forgot to include menstrual tracking which affects 50 percent of the world's population because they uh-huh. didn't really have any women in the room assumably and it's uh-huh. like even the biggest the best the most valuable companies in the world aren't aren't getting this right so uh uh-huh. yeah I, I i like the mantra of trying to do something rather than being crippled by by doing nothing um to, to finish is there anything uh either of you can recommend in terms of 
where people can go and educate themselves uh, a bit more about um, what's happening in Ramadan or more broadly or how it's all going to go off when we get to Eid hopefully and some of the restrictions um, aren't quite where they were last year but anything you'd signpost for people to go and have a look at obviously go and have a look at the films which we're uh, which we'll, we'll link to in the show notes but um, anything else for you Miriam? Well I am definitely going to say go and check out the Ramadan <laughs> shared by Facebook site <laughs> I mean, in all seriousness, you know, I, I do. I, we have a wealth of resources, whether it be insights, videos, marketing guides, literally, te- you know, spoon feeding you information on on how to get it right and why it's important. But also, you know, like there are some amazing documentaries on Netflix. There's a ton of content on YouTube. My personal wealth of resource and content, whether it be about Ramadan or Pride or other cultural moments is through creators, you know, like mm-hmm. they make up a vast volume of content on any social platform. I'd say go check out some creators, start following them. Uh, and there's a load of content out there. So yeah, that's, that's my kind of two pennies worth. Nice. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think um, the big thing that Miriam said at the top of this conversation, which is that it's not a monolith thing. You know, there's, you can go to creators and you can go to people and you can follow them and you can ask them and you can also I want to eliminate the fear side of it Mm. I think the huge part of why people don't don't lean in to any religion not even Islam but any religion is the fear of not knowing yeah when actually you can there's plenty of books there's resources there's the BBC there's Netflix there's Amazon there's everything you can think of but also just ask if a brand slipped into my DMs and said hey we kind of want to do this but we kind of want your eyes on it can we pay you to just have a look yeah cool of course because I'm so invested in brands doing the right thing and wanting to do the right thing that I'm willing to be like let's sit down I can tell you why this doesn't feel right or this does feel right I think that um if we can get rid of the fear and obviously you have the wealth of resources that Facebook have created if other brands like Facebook were able to do that and be like hey okay we've got an opportunity Eid is actually a full 28 days away now 30 days away whatever it is when this comes out we've you've got you've got a whole month to put something together that you can put on your social platforms so when Eid rolls around I want to see something on my Instagram because there's no excuse um you you just put it so perfectly the the logic is of course if you don't know something you would ask someone but emotionally you're right we don't want to feel vulnerable we don't yeah to your point don't want to be cattle don't want to get that thing of getting it wrong but if we can overcome that surely we start we start making better things um thank you both so much i mean it's just one of those that 20 minutes just isn't enough um (laughs) the the content series we're gonna we're gonna link to in the notes but um thank you for coming on and talking to us uh this week and uh a have a fantastic ramadan as well uh basma thank you so much and i want to say thank you to you it's really important that it is people like this platform and like yourself who want it who are interested because it takes what whoever many people that are going to listen to this to be like okay well maybe we can do something so um it does start somewhere and it starts some platforms like this so thank you and i have learned genuinely in the preparation and the 20 minutes talking to you i can genuinely say that there's a lot i've learned and probably that i was a bit ignorant to before so thank you both very much indeed thank you thank you bye the iab uk podcast miriam faber from facebook and basma khalifa director and writer there really fascinating for me anyway uh, i hope you thought so too just logical stuff like if you're a marketer or in an agency or a media and a publisher whatever 
and are unsure around what to do around Ramadan or Eid or, or Muslims generally, then ask. It seems so simple, but obviously there's lots of baggage that gets in the way or or holds us back. Uh, in terms of guests coming up on the podcast, it really is all killer, no filler. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your episodes from. And that just leaves me to say thank you very much for listening. And to all our Muslim listeners, Ramadan Mubarak. IAB UK, building a sustainable future for digital advertising.